And now, Faith, Family, and Freedom with Curtis Bowers. He's a husband, father of nine, former state legislator, entrepreneur, patriot, and the producer of the award-winning film, Agenda, Grinding America Down. Hello, I'm Curtis Bowers. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you being there again this week because there is so much going on. I am going to play the audio from the video of Agenda Weekly. It has so much powerful information that you need to be aware of. So please listen to it a few times, get it down, and then share it with others. We're only going to be posting these just for a few weeks more so that you understand what we're up to and you'll understand what Agenda Weekly is all about. After that, we'll go back to the regular podcast on specific topics. We also invite you to go to agendaweekly.com and consider subscribing and becoming a member and a part of what we're doing. It costs $5 a month, but we're trying to save you time so you'll have more time to act by providing a summary of here's what happened this week. Here's things you can be doing to make a difference. Here's some items to be praying about. Here's a couple additional videos that have powerful, informative information that will help you better understand the times. And then the video interview with me where we talk about the agenda behind the news. And that's what you're getting ready to listen to from this last week. But we need your support to be able to continue to produce informative presentations, videos, podcasts that help Americans understand what's really going on. It's vital. We are at the most crucial juncture in the history of our country. Thank you again for listening. Please share. Please like. Please comment to help add credibility to what we're doing. And really consider going to agendaweekly.com and becoming a member. Thank you so much, and may God bless you. Now, starting out, a lot has been going on in this fight to have a free and fair election. It's clear now that there's been coordinated efforts by big tech, the regular mainstream media, the corrupt Democratic Party and their mob bosses, big corporation, foreign enemies are even involved in their finances. A lot is being exposed right now about what just happened on November 3rd. And also, it shouldn't surprise us, but it's always sobering when we see our own government was involved as well. The Department of Justice, the CIA and the FBI, and their complacency to do nothing to seek out and stop the fraud of our current election. But here's a quote to show you how far we have come and how much work we still have to do and why we need Trump for another four years to drain the swamp. The Election Infrastructure Government Coordinating Council, okay? This is what they said a few days ago. They're in charge of elections. There is no evidence that any voting system deleted or lost votes, changed votes, or was in any way compromised. That's what they said, despite the evidence that has been overwhelming. Josh, that's where we are right now. Curtis, you mentioned multiple entities involved in this effort. What evidence do we have that proves or suggests that this indeed was a coordinated conspiracy? Well, 
because it wasn't a single issue. It wasn't a single state. It wasn't a single county or city. It was hundreds of different cities and counties and precincts all over America. And they were doing almost exactly the same types of deceit. And when you see, as I've tried to always teach you, when you see consistency and purposefulness behind anything, you know it wasn't an accident. You know, okay, it was planned. Uh, and so that's what this shows. It's a centralized conspiracy that, as I mentioned, all the big tech and big corporations, the media was in on this. It is so vast. I don't know if we'll ever know how far reaching it was, but thousands, I would say tens of thousands of people had to be in on this to accomplish all they accomplished to try to steal this election. If you focus on the big democratic cities that are infamous for corruption, you see a couple things. They control the election boards, law enforcement, the judges, and the political positions. So in those areas where we see the most fraud, it's so easy for them to commit fraud. I mean, even when there was a court order that the Republican pollsters were allowed to watch them count the votes as they're supposed to, there was a sheriff in one of those areas that said, if you get close to them while they're counting, I will arrest you. I mean, that's how much corruption is in these big democratic cities. They are rotten to the core. That's why the people are suffering. That's why they don't uphold law and order because all those at the top are criminals. Criminals don't want to enforce the law because they would be caught in their own traps if they did. And that's where we are. But Pennsylvania, just to go into a few details on Pennsylvania, Biden right now is leading, even including all the fraudulent votes, by 69,000 votes, a little over that. But so far, we know there's over 682,000 ballots, okay, that have not been inspected before they were counted, which makes them invalid. So Trump should win Pennsylvania in a landslide. Here's something interesting. I want to talk to you for a second about mail-in ballots, why the left wanted them, and why they are so easy to corrupt. A mail-in ballot is in an envelope like this. You on the outside will fill out your name, address. There's a little oath on here. You're signing that I swear this is my name, my address. I am the one that is voting inside. And then you send it in. Well, when it comes in to the polling center, they are supposed to have an official clerk or someone analyze the signatures to compare with what they have on file to make sure, okay, this really looks like that's the right address, that's the right name, that's the right signature, this is a valid vote. Then when that happens, if it's validated, they take the little envelope out of the big envelope and inside that is the ballot, okay? But now there's no more identification on it because we have an election system where your vote is private to protect you from, from abuse from others. And so if the envelopes aren't checked or if they come in with no envelope, no one would ever know. And so that's why when these 682,000 ballots that didn't have the identifying envelope to say, who was this? There's no way to ever follow up and find out. You, you'll never know because you just have a ballot that has Joe Biden marked on it and nothing else. And so that's how we know their corruption. That's why they wanted to have mail-in ballot voting because it's so corrupt. Even Jimmy Carter, who's an ultra liberal, years ago said, we never want mail-in ballots in America because they're so easy 
to to obscure and to, to make fraudulent. So that's where that stands. But that's what's going on. They, of course, pu pushed our inspectors out of the polling centers in so many different places so they could do that. And so they could bring in truckloads of ballots that don't have the outer envelope and say, oh, we've already checked them all and they're ready to go. And there's no evidence to know if they did or if they didn't. A key story that's unfolding right now and might even be finished today is Georgia is having a recount. And the corrupt secretary of state there is saying, yeah, I want to make sure this is free and fair, too. So we're going to recount every single ballot by hand and we're going to make sure this thing was done right. And he, so he's acting to everyone and giving fuel to the to the corrupt media in that, hey, they're going to do this. Well, guess what? Their count is going to come out exactly the same because they're counting all those invalid ballots. So, of course, they're going to have the same tally now as you had before. Our whole point was, and those that are seeking justice and truth go, you cannot count the ballots that were not done in the right way and have no way to know who they're from and if they were valid or not, or if one person put in a thousand of them. And so that's what's going on. But Georgia, unfortunately, is run by corrupt Democrat politicians. And there's so many other fraudulent activities that have been going on. But I remember reading an article about seven or eight years ago, and it talked about how George Soros now was going after the secretaries of state. And I remember reading that, I go, oh, that's funny. And he said he wanted to help get into office ones that had his worldview and his way of doing things. And maybe that's why they thought, okay, this time we can get away with it. We've got enough secretaries of state who are the people responsible for counting the votes. And anyway, I just remember that. And I'm like, these people have a plan. Do you understand that? Mm -hmm. They're thinking decades into the future of how can we plan this? Okay, let's buy up the Secretary of State. And then one of these elections in the near future, if we get enough of those, we'll be able to obscure the vote and they'll go along with us and say, no, there was no voter fraud and we will get what we want. And that's kind of where the situation is, Josh. That's absolutely astounding and should really sober us up to understand that these are the people that we're dealing with they're coordinated and they're calculated. Thankfully, many individuals have come forward under oath to testify against this fraud. Do any of these stick out as powerful witnesses? Yes, they do. <laughs> many of them. There's thousands that have over a thousand that have come forward and signed these affidavits. But one of them in particular I was looking through is pretty amazing. It's it's a employee from the city of Detroit that's been an employee there for decades, is a Democrat, and, and they were willing to say under penalty of perjury, where you're going to jail if you're lying, they trained us to backdate the ballots when they came in through the mailing system. They told us to tell people who to vote for. They told us don't ask for a voter ID or any kind of ID so the same person could come in multiple times or people that aren't legally in this country could come in. They said, don't stop people 
that have already voted from voting again. They're telling this to the poll workers here. Here's the rules of how we're doing this. So this is top down, like I, we talked about before, this revolution. It's top down. It's not bottom up. This is being carefully coordinated by the Marxist Democratic Party. It is corrupt to the core. It said, don't examine ballots for authenticity. So the thing you were supposed to do, we talked about, check and see, don't do that. Don't check signatures, don't check anything. And so when people knew that was going on and all the corrupt Democratic people involved in this scheme, then they're just bringing in thousands. They can sign them themselves or not even have them signed because they know it's not going to be checked. And it's like, I don't know if any of you watched Mr. Smith Goes to Washington last week, like we encourage you to do, but it's the Taylor machine. But it's not just in one state. It's a Taylor machine that is in complete control of the institutions of influence in America. They stop anyone from hearing what they don't want them to hear, and they only push the party line of propaganda to try to destroy and control this country. And that's the situation right now. But it's great because there was so much corruption that there's so many people that notice the corruption and are coming forward. And we already talked about Pennsylvania and Georgia, but Wisconsin's another guaranteed victory for Trump. Here's why. They had 100,000 votes that did not have an application on file to receive a mail-in ballot. Thankfully, Wisconsin was forward-thinking enough years ago to put in their constitution if a mail-in ballot is to be sent to someone, they have to have filled out an application for it ahead of time because we don't want fraud in our elections. We don't want people just mailing out mail-in ballots to everyone where they could be voted. We don't know who they are. And there is over 100,000 votes for sure we already know of where they had not filed an application, which makes that vote invalid. And I think Trump's only losing there by about 20 or 30,000 votes, so he will win Wisconsin too. It's also interesting to note in Michigan and Wisconsin, some of the precincts, they had 300% voter turnout. I mean, we thought it was bad when Philadelphia every year has 110% voter turnout, but they had many of them had 150, 200, and some even surpassed 300% voter turnout. Boy, they're really into voting there. This is such organized fraud to have this happen. There has to be so many thousands of people involved. But the same thing is true, like we said, in Georgia, Arizona, the same thing happened and they're digging in now to get to the bottom of what really happened. He'll probably win Arizona. There's a few states that we didn't even know were kind of in the battle here, but it's coming out because the fraud was so great. It looks like New Mexico might go for Donald Trump. There's so much corruption they're uncovering there. And then in the state of Virginia, which they called early on, oh, that's a democratic place. They're, they're gonna, Biden's easily gonna win there. Well, there is 800,000 ballots they have now that are unexplained votes. They don't know where they even came from. So if that gets to be revealed and exposed, Trump will win Virginia as well. And then Nevada, the same things are happening. Trump is going to win in a landslide. It now looks like he had over 80 million people voting for him. In 2016, when he won the election from Hillary, he had 62 million votes. It looks like he has almost 20 million more than that now. That should be so encouraging. 
That means 20 million people saw those conservative policies actually work. And they realized, I want this guy to keep going. His policies are working. It's actually benefiting me. The Democrats always tell me they're going to do something to benefit me, but I've never seen it happen. And, and now this guy who everyone's attacking does things that all of a sudden my life's getting better. Well, they noticed, and that is so encouraging. So we know, Josh, it was planned. It was purposeful. There's so many ties to communist money coming in to fund this corruption and that were involved with this in China, Cuba, Venezuela, and other places. So it's, it's wonderful that for a change, the curtain's being pulled back and the darkness is being exposed for how vile and wretched it is to take from us. The Democratic Party tried to take from us the most precious thing we have, our ability to vote for who we want representing us in our government. And I'm so thankful that it's starting to be exposed. Curtis, it's amazing that they were so brazen to think they wouldn't be found out. And the incredible thing is this is not only with mail-in ballots, we're talking about the software and revelations are coming out by the day. Sidney Powell began talking about this just a week or two ago. Talk about what's going on with Dominion and Smartmatic and how are these tools in the conspiracy? Yes. We've kind of covered so far just the ballot fraud and corruption, but then they didn't want to lose this election. They, they hit this thing from every angle to make sure they could not lose. Dominion voting systems, which you've probably heard some about that, were part of the, part of the fraud, but also Smartmatic. That's really the kind of the company behind the scenes that's now coming to the forefront and realizing it's a technology software company. It was created in Venezuela by Hugo Chavez, the communist dictator there. He didn't ever want to lose another election. And so he had a company, Smartmatic, design this software that could make it go your way whenever you wanted to. And that's what we're using to count our votes in America. But I'm gonna show you this clip right now before I get into more of the details about Dominion and Smartmatic. This is a video from how people live, a series, a guy travels all over the world and he shows you what different countries are like and how the people live in those countries. Well, here's a clip from his trip to Venezuela. And I show it to you because first of all, these people, and you'll see how they run their country. These people are the ones that were in charge of our voting systems to determine the outcome of our election. And if we allow the Democrats to succeed in this, we're going to end up just like Venezuela. That is where they are taking us. But watch just a couple minutes of this. We'll have the whole video available below so you can watch and see. But watch this because this is where the Democrats want to take us. My people, today I will show you why a population flees Venezuela and why police shoot rubber bullets at youth on the country's border. Who's 
Эти сдачевый газ настолько едкий, что... Сегодня They say a picture is worth a thousand words, and I hope that video is worth far more than that. That's the picture of the future we're heading into if we allow the Democratic Party to continue doing what they have done for so long. But Smartmatic, here is how they do what they do. The system was designed to be able to flip votes if you want it to, to be able to take percentages from one and give it to another if you want it to. It also, you can add votes with a thumb drive. So worst case scenario, if things aren't going your way, you just st stick a thumb drive in the side of it and download however many votes you want for whoever you want. And there's even a video on the internet that shows how with a smartphone, you can change the votes on a Smartmatic machine. But here's what they did, and here's how they were found out. And this is key. It's pretty, it should be encouraging to you what happened. They chose this time to use an algorithm. And what it did is every time someone voted for Biden, he got 1.25 votes. And every time someone voted for Trump, he got 0.75 votes. And they thought, oh, that will be plenty for us to win this election. But what broke their little scheme down was the overwhelming number of people that came out to vote for Trump. Even with that, Trump was winning in the machines, even when they're fraudulently giving more to Biden. And that's why they had to stop the vote. That's why they had to say, wait a minute, stop. They had to bring in more fraudulent ballots. They had to get the thumb drives to stick into the computer to add more to Biden. And that's why the totals just skyrocketed overnight because they realized even with our little algorithm, We do not have enough votes to win this thing. That's how many people were voting for Trump. And so that's how the scheme got exposed because when they had to shut the machines down and all the other things started happening, witnesses started, started seeing the trucks pull up with the ballots, hundreds of thousands, and all the different things happening. If we wouldn't have had the turnout for Trump, we did. And he would have still had enough votes to win but they wouldn't have had to turn off the machines. They would have gotten away with this fraud to steal the election away from us. Now, listen, this will tell you a little bit about Smartmatic, too. I wonder who's running Smartmatic. This is who is. Smartmatic's chairman is a member of the British House of Lords, Mark Moloch Brown, a former vice chair of George Soros's investment funds. Their offices in Toronto are in George Soros's building. And guess what? On a side note, they're gone. They all disappeared in the night yesterday and they don't know where they went. That also says everything we need to know. Oh, the people that 
had the software, they have all disappeared and are nowhere to be found. The offices closed down and out of there. <laughs> Fraud is rampant and they know that the lights have come on and I'm so grateful. But he was also a former vice president at the World Bank. So he's a globalist wanting a one world government. And then this is the kicker. He's also the former vice chair of the World Economic Forum the group we've been talking to you about that is the mastermind in the, taking the lead in implementing a world government. Well, that's who owns it. He even had on his social media post, and he's taken them down now, but Rudy Giuliani and some of the lawyers already captured the images. He said he was going to fix this election on his social media to people he knew. He said, we're gonna blank President Trump and fix this election. And so the evidence is everywhere. But that's Smartmatic. Tied in with Soros, close ties with the Clinton Foundation and many other politicians that are gonna come out of the shadows here soon. I think you're gonna see 100 politicians probably even at the federal level, who paid this company to make sure the votes came out their way, go to jail and be removed from office. Because Sidney Powell and the others said, we're not stopping until we find where every dollar went from every politician to every corrupt organization in what happened to this election. So that's kind of what we're looking at. But here's a, a main takeaway that we have to understand now. The Democratic Party is an evil party. It's the number one enemy America has because they are in bed with the communist Chinese, and the Cubans and the Venezuelans and Russia and every anti-American force in the world. They are in bed with and they are trying to use it to destroy our country. It's not an, uh, just another political party anymore. It's the number one enemy of the United States of America. This relationship between the Democratic Party and the communists, how long has this been going on? Because this is not something that is relatively new to our time. No, unfortunately, it's not. And that's why the machine is so corrupt, because this goes back to the 1930s. There's a book you might want to get. It's called Stalin's Secret Agents by M. Stanton Evans. He was a researcher from Yale University. He is just a, a brilliant mind, but he dug into the congressional record, the declassified FBI, CIA, KGB files, and researched to find out how many Soviets were in FDR's administration, how many Soviet agents. We'd known about a few of them, the famous Alger Hiss, um, who was his right-hand man, and then Harry Dexter White, who started the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, and others. But how many were there? And in that book, he documents FDR in the 1930s in his administration had over 200 Soviet spies working for him. So here's what's happened. And let me just give you a brief history. This is so important. They all came into the government during the New Deal. When, when the New Deal was passed, the government just expanded, doubled the size overnight. 
and all these positions that opened up, the communists were waiting there in the wings and they moved into any position they could find, agriculture, education, wherever. They didn't care. They wanted to get their way in there so they could start moving around and start encouraging others, like-minded fellow travelers, to be able to get in there to slowly take us over. Well, someone came out and warned us, a man named Whitaker Chambers. He said, he was a communist himself. He'd become a Christian. So he realized, wait, communism can't be right if there's a God because they say they are God. So he fled from the party, but he realized I have to expose to America all my friends that are in top positions in government. His very best friend he'd had for years and years was Alger Hiss. And he came out and said, he is a communist. He was working with me for the communist conspiracy. And here's a list of other ones. Well, this is what's so amazing. The Democratic Party was so friendly, even back in the 30s to communists, that when he said that, you think you would listen and go, let's investigate what he said. They didn't. They just attacked him and said, how dare you call someone a communist and butchered him and destroyed his life. So the years go by. No one is removed from office. They're all in there and they're with the fellow travelers coming in and hiring from within and they're growing influence in America. Then in the 50s, a very famous man named Senator Joseph McCarthy, he had a list of 200 people he knew were tied to the Communist Party. And he brought it before the Senate as a United States Senator. Did they listen this time? No. The Democrats attacked him and said, how dare you call someone a communist? And they destroyed him and actually kicked him out of the Senate and never investigated the people that he said were communist. We know today from the Venona files and some of the declassified documents that came out in the 90s, every single one on his list was a communist sympathizer or member of the Communist Party. And, but they weren't taken out. Then in the 60s, some KGB agents came forward and they defected to America. And they told us what was going on. And the FBI and the CIA interviewed them and said, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. And that's what's been happening. So the deep state, we're all starting to see and understand what it is. It's a 90 year conspiracy by the Communist International to penetrate and, and subvert from within the United States of America through Washington, D.C. And the Democrats have been lockstep with them from the very beginning. I mean, we know Senator Ted Kennedy in the 80s was going over on secret trips to the Soviet Union, talking to them about how they could destroy Reagan's presidency. We know that now. That came out when the Berlin Wall came down. That's what the Democrats have been doing for a long time. This is nothing new. And so Trump's ambition to drain the swamp and get rid of the deep state was a good one. But I don't think he even understood what this machine is that is in there and why it's always anti-American, why it's always doing anything it can do to bring America down. It was purposeful. And I want to read you something right here quickly, because a lot of us that have lived in America our whole life and are raising our families and running our businesses don't understand the communist mindset like we should because you have to understand the enemy or you're finished. This is a letter, and I'm just gonna read a teeny bit of it here. It was from a college student that went down to Mexico on a college trip. And while he was there, he joined the Communist Party. And it's a letter he wrote to his fiance 
after he joined, telling her why he couldn't get married to her now because he'd found a new love. But listen to this level of commitment. Do you have this level of commitment for the truth? You need to, because if they're committed like this and we're not, they're going to win. But listen to this. We communists have a philosophy of life which no amount of money could buy. We have a cause to fight for, a definitive purpose in life. We subordinate our petty personal selves into a great movement of humanity. And if our personal lives seem hard or our egos appear to suffer through subordination to the party, then we are adequately compensated by the thought that each of us in his small way is contributing to something new and true and better for mankind, the struggle for world communism. There is one thing in which I am dead earnest, and that is the communist cause. It is my life, my business, my religion, my hobby, my sweetheart, my wife and mistress, my bread and meat. I work at it in the daytime, and I dream of it at night. Its hold on me grows, not lessens, as time goes on. Therefore, I cannot carry on a friendship a love affair, or even a conversation without relating to this force which both drives and guides my life. I evaluate people, books, ideas, and actions according to how they affect the communist cause and by their attitudes towards it. I've already been in jail because of my ideas, and if necessary, I'm ready to go before a firing squad. That's what we're up against, and we don't understand it. We don't understand the satanic control it has on people. But that's where we are today. And we are waking up, and I'm so glad that we are, but we need to continue to and realize our country needs us engaged in this battle against an enemy that is so evil, they're hard to even comprehend. My question for you, if they can weaken America enough where do they want to take us and what is their end game what's their grand vision for the world well we've talked about it before and i'm sure we'll talk about it many more times in the future the world economic forum their eight predictions for 2030 their number one goal for 2030 is you'll own nothing and you'll be happy isn't that wonderful I don't care if the person telling me that has a smile on their face. We all know when you own nothing, that means they own everything. And that means you're a slave of the state. In communist societies, you own nothing. And that's where they're taking us. Number two, the U.S. won't be the world's leading superpower. They've got to take America down. Every globalist, elitist, communist, all know if we want a world government that we're in control of, America cannot exist. And that's why everything for 100 years has been focused on destroying us. Goal number eight, Western values will have been tested to the breaking point. That means Western values, Western civilization. That means the Judeo-Christian ethic has to go, is gone. It's no longer tolerated. We've instituted a politically correct culturally Marxist society, and they do exactly what they're told because they know if you step out of line, you will be shamed, you will be abused, you will be thrown out of civil society as someone not worthy of having even a voice. 
here's what they're up to right now. An article just a few days ago that came from the World Economic Forum. It was entitled, We Need These Two Policies to Drive Our Recovery from COVID-19. And you know what the policies were? No, The first me. policy, government stimulus programs. And they say without these programs, hundreds of millions of people will lose their livelihoods during the pandemic. Secondly, temporary basic income and universal health care are both necessary to support people through this time. It's, it's all part of the plan. Who's going to fund all that? Most of the poor countries of the world don't have it. So it'll be America doing that. It's again, they want to make us so in debt we collapse. They want people to be so in debt that at some point they'll be able to take the private property by relieving everybody's debt with some economic crisis they'll create and we'll be thanking them for doing that, but then they'll own everything. Then they'll get to goal number one. You'll own nothing and be happy. And so it's all strategic. Of course, any temporary thing a government does is permanent. Like Ronald Reagan said, the closest thing to eternal life we have on this earth is a government agency or program. And that's what it is. And so, and then the last thing, you know, the, the, the healthcare, it's all again, putting strings of dependency on everyone. So they're in control of everyone. You don't agree with them. You talk against them. You lose your income. You lose your health care. You lose your right to free speech. It's it's just totalitarian controls. But remember the Venezuelan video we just watched. That's where it ends. That's what happens when you don't own anything and government has total control of everything. Why would any thinking person or party like the Democrats talk about hey, let's defund the police and abolish prisons. <laughs> They're not stupid. So you go, anyone can see if you defund the police where there's no police and you open up the prisons where there's nowhere to incarcerate people that are, that are violent, that, that are dangerous to society, you're going to have such chaos. It's unbelievable. A communist always wants chaos because out of the chaos is how they come to power and how they did in country after country after country in the 20th century. Anyone that's for defunding the police and abolishing prisons is an enemy of our country because it will destroy our country. Where are we going? You asked me, what's the end game? If Biden and Harris are allowed to be inaugurated, which they shouldn't because they didn't have the votes. But if they are, here's a sample of where we're going. It's a new group. It says here, some of the top Democratic leaders tweeted this. We're launching the Trump Accountability Project to make sure anyone who took a paycheck to help Trump undermine America is held responsible for what they did undermine America. What, what was his goal? What was every action he did to do to make America great again? They flip everything on its head. They're liars. Every word out of their mouth is the exact opposite of the truth. The Trump Accountability Project website proclaims its intention to destroy Trump supporters. And then Clinton's labor secretary, Robert Reich, said, quote, when this nightmare is over, Trump, we need a Truth and Reconciliation Commission. It would erase Trump's lies. That sounds like the Soviet Union and Big Brother. 
comfort those who have been harmed by his hatefulness, and name every official, politician, executive, and media mogul whose greed and cowardice enabled this catastrophe. We're heading into an American gulag where they will punish anyone that disagrees with them, anyone that doesn't do exactly what they say. Also, we know this. The leaders of the Democratic Party and Biden, we know they're communists by this too. They're trying to disarm the American people. Communists are always for disarming law-abiding citizens. And they're the only people that are for, for disarming law-abiding citizens. No one else would ever be stopping people that are law-abiding and patriotic and from being able to defend themselves or their neighbors or their families. No one would be against that. But the Democrats are. Biden wants to ban the sale of so-called assault weapons and magazines that hold more than 10 rounds. And he has a clause in there where if you already own it for right now, you can still keep it. But there's a $200 fee per item that you own. And then you have to register that. That's what the communists did in many countries when they first came in. They started registration of firearms. And then shortly after there, they came and confiscated the firearms because then they knew who owned them and who had that ability to go fight against them. But we know Biden, even if it goes through, Biden is not going to be the president. Kamala Harris is. And she stated her views very clearly. She believes that only a government-sanctioned militia has the right to bear arms. Individual citizens do not. Well, that's the world they're taking us into. Their goal is this, very simply. They want to weaken us economically, militarily, culturally, and morally, so we will be collapsing from within. And so the dependency levels of the Americans will get so high, they'll be in total control. And that's how the, the, the World Economic Forum goals will be accomplished. That's how China, which is such a threat to us. Do you understand that? It's not a little threat. Their number one goal is to take us over soon. Not in the not 10 years from now, 20 years from now, soon. In the next few years, that is their goal. And they're working with Iran, North Korea, Venezuela, Russia, Cuba to do whatever they can to weaken us, to cripple us, and then to tack us and take us down from within. I don't know if you know about this event. I, talk about, I talked about it on my podcast, Faith, Family, and Freedom. But two years ago in Vostok, they had military maneuvers where China and Russia were doing maneuvers together as two countries. It was the largest, largest military maneuvers in the history of the world. They had hundreds of thousands of troops and tanks and military vehicles and planes involved in this exercise. And when they were asked, what, what are you practicing for? What's this coordinated effort? They said, we're practicing to take down NATO in Europe and the United States of America. It's time we wake up. China wants to eliminate us as soon as possible. Their document, Unrestricted Warfare, that came to the public eye back in 1999 shows how they're going to do it in every way possible. We have a real enemy, and if Biden is in the White House, he is a stooge of China. We already know that. 
They've bribed him. They've bought him off. They've given money to his family. Total corruption. So we are in a very key moment for America, like we never have before. Nothing even close. Some people say, oh, since the Civil War, not even close. What are the possible outcomes for this election battle? And why are you so optimistic that Trump will ultimately prevail? Well, th those are important questions. The four possible outcomes for the election are this. One, Biden just goes forward. They just keep pushing him right in there. They ignore all the results and the fraud and the criminal actions, and they just push him in. That's a possibility. Number two, they get to the truth and it continues to be exposed and everyone finally sees it and realize Trump went one in a historic landslide and that happens. Another option is it goes to the state legislatures and then they sort things out. But looking at the Democratic governors and Republican legislatures and different things, it looks like that would probably not get either one of the candidates to 270 electoral votes. And so that means our Constitution says when it those things can't sort things out, it goes to the House of Representatives. And so then Congress, it's a little different how they do this because our founding fathers were brilliant. <laughs> they were brilliant. They put so many protections. Do you know that for us? Every little safeguard after safeguard after safeguard. If even all these things have happened, there's more safeguards because they knew this type of thing might happen one day. And so what they put in there as, as a safeguard, if the people can't decide and there's so much fraud and the legislatures are in conflict, then it goes to the, to the House. And in the House, each state only has one vote. So all 54, I believe it is, congressmen from California, they together get one vote. Every state gets one vote in there. Again, they frame things, they design things to protect the weak, protect the little, protect minorities. They were geniuses. They didn't want it to go to the House and then you vote like normal. So California gets 54 votes and Rhode Island gets one. They wanted to make sure it was fair. So if it goes to the House, each state will get one vote. And if it does that, Trump should win because there's at least 30 states that are clearly for Trump. And so that's what the outcome is. Now you ask me, why do I think Trump's going to prevail? Because there's been so much fraud and corruption my whole life, and people always knew about it, but it never came to light. It never had been exposed, but you knew, I don't think this was fair. I don't think that was fair. And God has allowed the light to expose the darkness this time. I think God is blessing us again. I think he's just showing the act of mercy by allowing this to be exposed. And I think the momentum is building. You know, when you're watching a football game and one team's winning, but then all of a sudden you see the momentum change and shift. I remember watching games with my father when I was a boy. We'd, we'd say, uh-oh, that th it just changed. And you could feel it. It's changed. The momentum has changed. And sure enough, that other team comes back and wins the game. I think that's what's happening right now. God's allowing that to happen, and we should be grateful. I think Trump will be given the inaugural address on January 20th. And if he is, we need to be on our knees thanking God that he allowed that to happen. Because the corruption, the Democratic Party, which is just filled 
with evil characters. The Obamas were involved in this heavily. The Clintons, of course, the Soroses, as we talked about, the Pelosi's, and many other top Democratic leaders were all involved in this, in on this, knew it was going to take place, and were behind it 100%. That's who the Democratic Party has become. If you're a Democrat watching this, your party has been sold out to the communist. You guys need to start a new party that loves America and maybe has some slightly different views on a few of the key issues, but that is still working to make America great again. And so that's where we are, Josh. Curtis, that's an encouraging perspective. Thank you for sharing. Who is standing up right now and how has this election fraud galvanized the conservative movement. Yes, thank you. Um, this is an event we prayed for without knowing we prayed for it. I've been praying for years, God, would you do something to galvanize our side where we're willing to be sacrificial with our time and our treasure and our talents and our abilities to, to stand up and fight this fight? Because I've known this fight's going on for decades. And so this corruption, I think, is all of a sudden making our side rise up and say, enough is enough. And that's good. And we've got over 80 million people on our side. Be encouraged by that. It's a wonderful thing. But a lot of times in life, right now, between now and January 20th, there's not a lot you, we can do about this. I mean, there's some things below in the action items. Check those out of writing some letters and things. But besides that, it's got to be sorted out by the lawyers and the judges and people. And so we're sitting here going anxious. What's going to happen? We need to spend our time instead praying. We need to be praying. God every now and then gives you an opportunity and puts you in a situation where there's nothing you can do. And he doesn't do that to be mean. He does that because he's so loving. Just like the people of Israel, when they, they, they left Egypt and all of a sudden they looked back and they saw the, the Pharaoh's armies were coming after them and all of a sudden in front of them was the, the Red Sea. There was nothing they could do and they realized that. So what did they do? They said, God, help us. And he said, okay, any part of the Red Sea. That's where we are right now. We need God's help. There's nothing you can do beyond just a few things. And so you need to spend your time in prayer going, God, help us. Do that three or four times a day. God, help us. Please help us. He loves when we call out to him for help. We need to, I think I'm encouraging everyone, this Monday, why don't we all fast and pray and let God know this is so important to us. Would you please just be kind once again, even though we might not deserve it as a nation. But would you do that for us and let him know that. And then on Thursday, while we're having a day of thanksgiving, thanking the Lord for all his blessings, make sure we do it at a, at a level far beyond what we've ever done before. Go around and let every adult, every child say three or four things they're thankful to God about. And sit there and just have a feast of thanksgiving for what God has done to preserve our country and to allow us to be live in a country like this. And remember, this Thanksgiving, you might not remember this, is the 400th anniversary of America. 400 years ago, this Thanksgiving, 
is when the pilgrims landed at Plymouth Rock. What an incredible people they were that were willing to sacrifice everything if necessary. Do you know half of them died within four months of being here? Half? But they didn't care. We are doing this not for ourselves, but for our children and our grandchildren. We're going to take them to a place where they can be free to worship God and to be productive and to do the things they think God wants them to do. We come from a great heritage. We need to thank God for that. And we need to remember that our life is about being a blessing to the next generation. We have dropped the ball so much in the last 30, 40 years, allowing this evil to take over our country. Now, until the day we die, we need to stand and fight for truth and righteousness. And that's some things that we can do. But thank you so much for listening. Thank you for caring about our country. And I think we're going to close off, Josh, with a clip from Agenda 2. And I hope this motivates you and sobers you to the reality of without God on our side helping us, this won't get done. But with his help, all things are possible. Thank you so much. I think the day of the sunshine patriot and the fair weather Christian are coming to an end. We're going to have to pick what side we are on. And there's not 10 different options. There's only two. We will either be on God's side, living a pure life, standing for his laws, regardless of the cost, or we will be on man's side, which means we are the enemy of God. And the reality is these evil people and groups that have just dismantled this country over the last hundred years, they have done that while an all-powerful holy God has been sitting on his throne. What does that mean? It means he has allowed that to happen. That's what should drop us to our knees in fear. Why would a holy God that hates what these people are doing far worse than we do, why would he allow them to flourish and succeed in their plans? Well, I think if each one of us looks inside of our own heart on our knees before God and says, God, what have I done that has caused you to remove your hand of blessing from our country? I know we've all done things that have contributed to the problems that we face. If we repent, if each of us individually comes before God and makes things right, and then makes a firm decision to go in the opposite direction and change things, I know He will bless our efforts. I know He will give us back our country because that's who He is. He is long-suffering. He loves His people. He loves truth and righteousness, and He hates what is evil. I ask you to join with me and my family and commit to pray for our country, for our children and grandchildren, for the generations that are to come, that we will do everything in our power to turn them back to God's Word, to His principles, to His way of doing things, which always brings blessing. And I think as He sees that repentance, He sees that true desire to love Him, with all our heart, mind, and strength, He will step in and crush our enemies, the ones that right now seem to be in control of almost everything. Just like I told my children at the festival, God does answer prayers. He can save our country. There's nothing that is lost that cannot be found. 
by the power of God. There's nothing that is hurtling through the abyss that cannot grow wings and soar to the heavens by the power of God. You shall mount up on wings like eagles. You shall run and not be weary. And I think that that's true of our country. And in our case, we won't be discovering something or finding out something. We'll be rediscovering. We won't have to wander about in, in foul and distant places. We just have to go home. We have to go home to the heart of faith. We have to go home to the true spirit of liberty. We have to go home to that reverent love of God, which triumphs over every fear. And we'll find America again. Isn't that beautiful? You come home to God, and there you will find America. And that's what we've got to do now. And that's why I'm optimistic, because God can save our country, but he won't until we ask.